Welcome back to the Maven Show. This is your host, Rohit. Today, we have Jane, the founder and CEO at Elgon Financial Advisors and Finance Expert. Thank you, Jane, for getting into the show. Thank you, Rohit, for having me on the, on the show. Awesome. I think so. I think you've been in finance for long and you own your own agency as well into the finance, you know, and you help business uh, enterprises or, you know, like entrepreneurs to immigrate into the U.S. and helping them out with the immigrant, you know. So would you just like to give a quick intro about yourself, how you got started with the finance and how everything is right now and what were the roller coaster ride for you into the finance industry? Uh, absolutely. So I came to the U.S., as a, as a student. So I came on a, on a US student visa and I kind of went through the whole visa immigration process, which is, which is a whole story in and of itself. Uh -huh. And at some point I decided to switch from tech, which is why I started into the financial planning industry. And the reason I did it was because I realized a lot of immigrants who were coming to the US, they had great academic qualifications, but there was that little bit where everything still seemed very alien in terms of when it came to finances and nobody was really serving that that niche. And so based on my experiences and a lot of what I was seeing, I realized there was actually a huge missing gap in the industry. And really, that's what led me to start my agency, to start my farm. And of course, taking it a step further to say, I'm going to work with those who were born outside the U.S., Awesome. And so my next question is, you know, like uh, businesses, like what do you say about the immigrant mindset? You know, like how immigrant mind mindset used to work? Yeah. So I think what's really interesting about that is you find when you look at a lot of stats um, and, and I can throw out a couple of stats here, like, for example, they say 80% of immigrants are more likely to start a new business compared to the rest of the, let's say, the native-born population. Uh -huh. A quarter of U.S. billion-dollar companies have a founder who attended a U.S. university as an international student, which basically means they're immigrants. Um, something like Harvard did a study, I think, actually, I think it was MIT that said 25% of startup companies or engineering and technology companies are started out by immigrants mm -hmm. and so when I think of the immigrant mindset I think it's a whole idea of you already a risk taker by leaving your country to move yeah. to another country yeah. and when you come in here you have that mindset that there's so many opportunities that others may not be seeing and so where people see problems, we tend to see opportunities. And so we kind of dive into solving problems. Yeah. And really the fact that we moved, you know, thousands of miles across oceans or whatever, and now we're here, there's that strong mindset that keeps saying, yeah, I'm going to make it. I can make it. I cannot give up. And it's something I see with a lot of the folks that I actually end up working with. Got it. Cool. And what do you want to say, like, uh, like, like residing from one country to another, it's not easy to ask, you know that. So like, you know, like, so what challenges faced by the entrepreneurs while immigrating into U.S. probably because you are the specialist in the U.S. market or even in the any other country as well? Oh, it's, it's, it's a whole list when you think about it. So 
if let's say you move to the US when you're an adult, it, it feels like it's it's almost like a completely alien language when it comes to finances, for example. You know, yeah. simple things. Some countries will call uh, a current account. Think of what a current account is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the US, we call it a checking yeah. account. Yeah. And that might seem exactly <laughs> really simple yeah. things. And so you come in here and you have to deal with all that terminology. And that's like just the first thing that hits you. Everything sounds so alien. So that's one. Mm -hmm. Another really big challenge that I see is, again, people who are coming in to start businesses, they come in and they have the business knowledge, but they don't have the knowledge behind the business practices and what's considered business knowledge. in the US, which again, tends to be very different from other countries. Um, A couple other ones I can think of is things like lack of business networks, which really you have to cultivate. And I find, for example, attending US universities or any universities kind of helps you start building that network up. Um, Obviously, there's, you know, taxes and regulations, and we can talk about that. And of course, lack of financing capital that's a big one that really faces um immigrants got it cool so and what do you want to speak about like the things you know like how to deal with the taxes in both business and personal because you know like making money is probably easy and it is like there's a bunch of ways but like to deal with taxes every single laws every country has different laws even state taxes state taxes federal then like city and the personal finance and business. So there's a bunch and a lot of things, you know, so what right. basic things businesses should take care of and even in personal as well. So what I see to folks is once they come into the U.S., the first thing they have to realize, and these differentiates U.S. from a whole lot of other countries, I think it's the only country that's doing it right now. The U.S. taxes you on worldwide income. So you could just have moved here, you become a tax resident, and you have a business back home. And guess what? The U.S. is very interested in that. And if you don't, for example, report, so there's a whole lot around tax compliance. If you don't report, if you don't include that in your income, IRS can be very, very mean and they will come after you probably heard of some horror stories right Mm -hmm. and so what I say to folks is once they come into this environment they want to make sure they they reach out as fast as possible to an advisor or a tax compliance person Mm -hmm. that understands cross-border taxes we we don't need to understand all the countries but just having that um just having that understanding that you need to be doing taxes not only in the US, but you also need to consider what you're doing outside. That is huge. And I say to folks, that's probably the first thing you want to do before you even understand everything else. Make sure you start working with somebody in the industry that understands the tax compliance, that understands the tax reporting rules. And there's a lot of companies that will do cross-border taxes, but I think the key thing is to find that person to start with. Got it. Awesome. And so what do you think, like, uh, how to consider the financial planning? Like, let's say someone is coming from the, like, the base country to another country, you know, to mm-hmm. changing the immigrants mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. how should they consider the financial planning for themselves and for, the, and for their business as well? So the ideal situation, ideal situation would be to have what I call like a pre-immigration chat if you're able to do that. So let's say you decide you're going to move over here 
it would be awesome, awesome if you're able to reach out to somebody in the U.S. who understands, obviously, the, the, two, the two countries' finances and really will be able to walk you through what are some of the things you need to consider. So I'll give you an example. Good. A while back, I was talking to a business owner and they were asking, they wanted to move to the U.S. Mm -hmm. because they wanted their kids at some point to go to college in the U.S. Uh -huh. And so what they were saying is, right, they can come in on, I think they wanted to come in on an E2, it's an investor business visa, mm -hmm. and be here for a couple of years and then go back. But then what they didn't understand or what they'd uh, neglected, which is something we really talked about, they're doing very well back in their home country. And right. so when I explained to them that once you move here and you become a tax resident, the U.S. is going to be very interested in your income overseas. They were like, oh, I didn't know any of that. And that kind of put an end to their ideas. They're like, okay, I think I need to go back to the table and, you know, rethink things through again. Mm -hmm. I've also had another case where this was actually an executive that moved to the U.S. in the company offered to do the green card, the permanent resident uh -huh. yeah. papers. Yep. And I said, okay, great. They're already here on a work visa. And again, once you become a, a, a tax resident and it's based on the number of days, your visa status doesn't matter. The U.S. will still tax you on overseas staff. And so they said, OK, I want to make sure we take into consideration my overseas asset, which we did. And they're doing very well overseas once again. So this was just going to be some sort of a contract position. Uh, because I think they're, they're, they're known in the industry for being able to do some amazing things. But now the U.S. company is saying, can we make you a permanent resident? And so what I talked to them about is once you become a U.S. tax resident mm -hmm. and you're here for about eight, eight years plus, mm -hmm. and then you decide to leave permanently, it's called expatriation, uh -huh. The U.S. ends up making you pay what's called an exit tax. And the exit tax is so bad because it assumes that on the day you decide I'm leaving the U.S., mm -hmm. they take all your worldwide assets and they say, let's assume you sold everything today. What will be the taxes on that? So when I explained that to them, they were like, I think I'll just stay here on a non-immigrant visa for a while. Uh -huh. And so those are some of the things I want folks to think about. But then, of course, you have other folks that come in, let's say, like, like students, like I did, and I don't have much overseas. And it's a great situation for me to be in. So those are all the things, the things you really want to be talking through. And in addition, you want to make sure we're including, and I have a lot of immigration lawyers that I'll bring into the conversation. Does that make sense? Got it. Cool. And you know, like, so what's the exit task looks like? Like, is it a flat or is it a person from the total assets? It's literally on all your worldwide assets. So a person from the worldwide assets? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes, a percent, which can be 40 plus percent. Because again, they sort of... Oh my God. Yes, I know. 40 plus. Let's say someone has the asset of somewhere like $100 million, probably like $10 million in the worldwide. So it should be paying like out of like $40 million in taxes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the way, the way they're looking at it is to say the worst thing about it is it's assuming let's pretend you sold everything. 
So let's assume you decide to leave permanently mm. and obviously you're not selling everything, right? And then staff tanks, you obviously end up having to pay. So what I say to folks is, you know, it's good to become a permanent resident. It does help when you're starting businesses. I think mm -hmm. you just want to be aware of what are some of those assets. And of course, if we work together over a long period of time, there are probably things we can do to mitigate some of that. So my thing is, when you're making some of this decision, talk to a tax person, talk to a finance person, talk to your immigration person before you make some of the moves. Yeah, awesome. Cool. So so let me just ask you my last question. You know, like, like sure. So so tell me, like, how did you use the great and amazing financial planner? So when when you're ready to choose a financial advisor, it's a very personal and a very uh -huh. also business driven situation right but at a personal level you obviously want to make sure you're going to get along with this person and you want to make sure you trust them so you definitely want to look at their credentials so like the golden standard right now is what's called the cfp the certified financial planner make mm -hmm. sure somebody already has that it calls for taking a bunch of exams, obviously, with, with studies involved, something like 6,000 hours of experience, plus you must have um, an undergraduate degree at a minimum. And then, of course, there's a whole ethic component added to it to yeah, really it. say you're going to be what they call a fiduciary, which basically means if Rohit, you and I are working together, mm. I'm going to put your interest first. So that's, that's like the first thing you want to make sure. So you want to make sure you get along with the person. I think that's important. You want to make sure they got the right qualification and then talk to them and find out who it is that they work with. So for example, like I said, I, I specialize with people who are foreign born because I've been through that and I have a pretty good understanding of what are some of the cross-border challenges that they're likely to face. But maybe you want to work with somebody. I'm thinking of all the different niches that I've seen. Like I know an advisor that works with dentists. If you're not a dentist, mm, mm. you know, you, you want to find like the right person for you. Um, yeah. And really the way to do that is, you know, go to their website ask for references, and then it's really important and crucial that you actually talk with them and understand their fees, their process, and really how they're going to work with you. Hope that helps. Yeah, awesome. So let me just ask you one more thing, you know. So uh, sure. <laughs> tell me, so being as an entrepreneur, being as a business guy into the U.S., so what are the best legal ways to save the taxes, not paying the taxes, you know? Okay. So, How much time do we have? <laughs> we can, you, you can just cover everything in the next one. I, I know. I know. So the first thing we want to make sure, obviously, we cover both sides of the law. That's the, that's the tax compliance portion that I talked about. Okay. And then there are actually foreign tax credits that we can apply so you're not double taxed. So just because the U.S. is looking at the worldwide income, if you have an, uh, an advisor or a um, a tax person that understands foreign tax credit, you do your taxes over there, the U.S. comes in and we'll make sure you're not double taxed. There's also something called uh, foreign um, 
um, ex exclusion of income overseas. Again, you need somebody that understands all that. So those are sort of like the basics. And then when you're here, we want to make sure we do, you know, simple things. I'll call it simple things like reducing the amount of um, income, the, the income, the taxable income. So if you do things like you probably had of like a 401k, for example, right, yeah. that will reduce your taxes. Um, we want to start saving into other vehicles where your money grows tax-free. So something like uh, a Roth account, for example, you won't save taxes right there and then, but in future, you'll be able to save on that. So if somebody, for example, is working, I'll look at all their benefits and the things like, um, like something like a health savings account, if it applies in their situation, we'll make sure you know they, they put money into that. And a few other things like an FSA and that type of thing. Um, and then when it comes to a few other things we can do is uh, charitable giving. And right. there's some strategies we can use around that just to make sure you can be charitable and make sure yeah. that helps you as far as your taxes. And then things like, you know, when it comes to estate planning, there's a whole lot that we can do to help you with some yeah, of yeah. that. So it, it all depends on what your specific situation is. But yes, absolutely, there are ways to save on taxes yeah. and still be compliant, which I think is what we want. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's all, Jane. Thank you so much for getting into the show. It was good to have you in and talking about the taxes, talking about the finance, talking about the immigrant mindset and so on. So that's all. And thank you so much for having in. Hey, thank you. This was great. <laughs>